This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. There's a place in your heart, and I know that it is love. And it's a place brighter than tomorrow. And if you really try, you'll find there's no need. Salvation Army as we let Michael sing with his beautiful soft voice. All right, Michelle. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's good to talk to you again. And since um, the, uh, the other Michelle busted out the Christmas music as the bumper music, I guess probably the first question I need to ask you is this. Um, is it too early for Christmas music? Some people believe it has to wait till after Thanksgiving. Or is it okay to play Christmas music at this moment? Uh, you know what? Christmas at the Salvation Army starts in, like, June. So, I'm so you're cool with it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good answer. Good answer. I could listen to it all year round. So it does kind of freak me out a little bit when I see Christmas trees in like March, you know, in the stores. Right. But that's just, and part of it's just because it's 2020, the whole uh, pandemic thing has thrown time off. So I don't even know well, what month know what? it is. I say it's 2020. Grab whatever makes you happy at the moment. So let's do I Christmas. Th- I think you're right. And and like I said earlier, um, you know, Halloween candy's half off right now, and that makes me really happy. So I'm trying to get what I can, what I can. Hey, look, welcome back to the show. It's so good to talk to you again. And I guess before we get cranking up too much talking about the holiday season and how people can help, tell our listeners a little bit about what your role is with the Salvation Army. So I'm the Director of Community Relations, uh, which means that I handle all the marketing and PR. So I do all, you know, all the design work, all the media relations, um, help plan the events, just get out there and talk to the public and let everybody know what we're doing. Tell us a little bit, since that's what you do every day, tell us a little bit of the background about the Salvation Army. And for those, you know, five or six people out there who maybe aren't familiar with it, and talk about what your goal and your mission is. Um, so basically, uh, the, the main mission of the Salvation Army is to always do the most good. Um, we want to be the hands and feet of Christ and serve without discrimination. So while we are a Christian organization, we serve everyone. Um, and, you know, we're out there doing things. Most people are familiar with, obviously, the red kettles and disaster work. But we also have, you know, a homeless shelter here in Jackson that's open 24 hours a day. Um, we have you know, youth arts programs, sports programs, senior programs. We're doing, you know, deep social service work, helping families, you know, get GEDs so that they can be self-sufficient and, and you know, find affordable housing. There's just, it, it would take too long for me to tell you everything that we do. So I, it's a wonderful organization, and I'm so glad to work for it. Michelle, we have an hour. I mean, you can tell us every single thing if you want to. <laughs> No, just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. But, yeah, y'all do. You you do a lot of great things. And, and you know, the last time we talked, I guess, is when all this, this uh, pandemic and the new normal or whatever it is they call it in commercials these days uh, was starting to happen. I think we were all just kind of poking around in the dark trying to figure out what we were going to 
going to do. And I know y'all at the Salvation Army were big time trying to say, okay, so we're going to have a big wave of people that need our help. Tell us a little bit what's happened and how you've made that adjustment. So we, um, you know, we adjusted from seeing people in person to doing a lot of it over the phone. Um, So we'll do a lot of the actual intake information over the phone and then just have someone come in for a slotted appointment to sign their paperwork. Um, And obviously food was a huge thing that we focused on when so many people suddenly lost their jobs. And when, you know, at the beginning, which now feels like eight years ago, when, you know, you couldn't even find food in the stores, even if you could afford to buy it. Um, So we, you know, really focused on on feeding and making sure that there was no one in our community that was starving. Um, And we've just continued that. Um, You know, we're one of the few, I guess, places where the pandemic actually made our work increase and not decrease. (laughs) So we've just been rolling along, um, trying to take care of everyone the best we can and and obviously be good stewards with the resources that this community entrusts to us. You mentioned that. You mentioned uh, people that have lost their jobs and they they had food insecurity was on the rise. And it's been kind of, I would say interesting, but it's been almost kind of cruel at the way that the pandemic has affected large groups of some people, but hasn't really affected other people. What are, what are the, who are the people that you're seeing that are coming in now that are in need? Uh, You know, I mean, it it varies, but uh, we've definitely just seen a lot of, of, you know, people who are coming in for the first time, Um, you know, and, and because, they were making it, they were surviving, and then, you know, suddenly they weren't because nothing was normal and everyone had lost jobs. And, and so we've seen a lot of people coming in, you know, not really sure, you know, the process. And, and we just really kind of encourage people that, you know, that's why we're here. So, you know, I don't ever want someone to feel like they're too embarrassed or, you know, they shouldn't need the help because that's just that's why we're here we're here to help so we we want to make sure that we get everyone that needs it were you still able to operate your center of hope and transitional housing absolutely we uh we never shut the center down we did have to um limit occupancy for a little while because we had to have a certain amount of room set aside um in case we needed to quarantine, we actually um, thankfully have made it through this far without a single case in our shelter. So that's been great. Um, our residents did shelter in place for a while. Um, uh, you know, they weren't they weren't leaving unless they had you know work to go to or a doctor's appointment or something super important. We were keeping everyone kind of in place. Um, but no, we we never had to shut it down. We have definitely kept going with with everything. What are some of the steps that y'all took to be able to ensure that? Because that's fantastic. I mean, like mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier, you know, at my wife's school, for instance, they've been able to stay fairly safe, but they've, yeah. you know, they've done the distancing, the hand washing, the masks and so forth. Is that what y'all are doing? Absolutely. Lots of cleaning. And then, like I said, for a while, normally our shelter closes on weekdays from 730 in the morning till 430 in the afternoon. And most of our residents go out either to work or to look for work or, you know, sometimes even just to the library or wherever it is they go. Um, so we actually remained open during those times so that they could shelter in place. So we fed them lunch, and we just did everything we could to kind of limit contact with the outside world since, you know, it is such an insular environment once they're all in here. There's not really a way to keep everyone socially distanced within the shelter, so we just kind of sheltered in place and didn't, didn't bring any outside contaminants in. You created an MBA-style bubble. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Do you even have little TVs with the little crowd and everything like they do on that? So. We, you know, we do have a TV room in the shelter, so 
We'll go you with could it. Have done that. Yeah, okay. You could have, that works. That works. At you, the family store, I know you all had to shut it down. Did you get mm-hmm. back up and running? We do. It's back up. It's now open uh, Wednesday through Saturday each week. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of it, it's still playing a little bit of catch-up, obviously, with the lost income for those few months. But it's doing well, and, and we're hoping to kind of, you know, catch it back up. You know, you don't really realize how wired we've become until you lose your Wi-Fi or you don't have access to Wi-Fi. And then yeah. when your school district, like JPS, goes virtual, you then suddenly the kids need the Wi-Fi. You all have provided that for kids, haven't you? Uh, we have worked with Comcast, yeah, and so they, you know, that was mostly through, through them. Um, but we have done some, you know, computer assistance and things with, with kids um, and, you know, other back-to-school needs. So we weren't necessarily, you know, a huge Wi-Fi provider, but we have partnered with other agencies to make sure that everyone, this is such a new thing, um, you know, this, and, and obviously food, like school lunches were lost for a little while, so we definitely stepped in there. Um, we're all just kind of in it together trying to figure out how we can get involved. I know, y'all remind I don't know if you ever remember in cartoons that they had the firemen with the little thing that they catch people with. It's like mm-hmm. y'all been having having to run around trying to adjust, trying to see where to catch people as, as they're falling on that. Because yeah, of, pretty much. <laughs> what, that, what that kind of image strikes me right now on um, there. You know, the main thing is right now, and I know um, with everybody's spending habits are totally different now. Some people mm-hmm. have lost jobs, so obviously they don't have the money. How has it affected Salvation Army? I mean, I, obviously, y'all, have you taken a hit? Have you found that people mm-hmm. are more generous? What's going on with that with you? We've. So we have found, honestly, through COVID, we have we have stayed okay. Um, the community has been generous, but even though we've been putting so much more out, we've had enough donations come in to kind of keep it even. Um, our concern is heading into Christmas. Um, you know, normally those red kettles keep us running for several months the following year. And so with people not being out and with a coin shortage, we're just really kind of, you know, praying and being hopeful and, and just trusting God that, that the kettle come through enough that, that we're not in trouble in, in 2021. Okay, now I've got an ad campaign for you here saying because of the coin shortage, the best way that you can help give is and then show a little dollar bill. So just give green yeah. paper instead of coins. That would work great. Right, right. And, you know, we actually have an online kettle this year. So you can give in your pajamas on your couch. That's what I've done since March anyway for work. So that's how I'm doing the show right now. So that worked right. perfect. So that'd be great. Hey, tell us about Do Good Day. That was back in June, but mm-hmm. I still thought it was a pretty cool concept. Yeah, so we started it. This was our second year. Um, it was uh, something that kind of came together last year, um, and, and it's so much fun. We we call it a media-thon because it's not just a telethon or a radio-thon. We bring in radio stations, television, billboards, the whole kit and caboodle, um, and they all just help us push it out that one day, um, and it's, you know, just a, a fun day to kind of get the word out about what we do and help to raise money. So, I mean, what's been the overall success? you feel like that it's moved the needle? For a do-good day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did, um, I think we raised about $25,000 this year, which is, you know, nice. not bad for a one-day summer fundraiser. So. <laughs> That'll buy we'll some cool it. stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's yeah. wonderful. 
you've, you know, you've been busy too. I mean, obviously we're still into hurricane season. We still have a, mm-hmm. we have a new storm out there. It's like, what are we going to do when we run through the Greek alphabet? They're going to start naming them after their pets. I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to do, you know, but that said, that also means that y'all have been helping with hurricane relief. Tell us a little bit about that. We have. Uh, and so what we do, uh, Salvation Army, well, usually depending on how you know bad the storm is, they'll start on a divisional level and kind of handle it locally. And then if it's bad enough, they'll start bringing in people from other locations. Um, so our trucks both spent um, several months in Lake Charles, Louisiana, our canteen truck and, and all of that. And then we had several uh, staff members, myself included, who went and did, you know, we did two-week uh, rotations. So I spent two weeks in Lake Charles, Louisiana after Hurricane Laura. Um, you know, just helping with assistance. And my, I go as, as what we call a public information officer. So um, my job is to talk to people and get the stories and get to, you know, I get to really meet one-on-one with people and, and see. And that's, that's a really good experience. I tell you, poor Lake Charles. I mean, first they get hit the first time and then they get hit by Delta the second I know, time. And I know. Just, I mean, when I left, they, how, like 90% of the city still didn't have power weeks after Laura. And then, yeah, Delta was just right there, right as they were starting to recover. What were some of the things that you saw when you were down there? Because, you know, it seemed like that storm just kind of fell through the cracks. I mean, what happened to them? Yeah. it. Um, you know, I lived in Hattiesburg for Katrina, and it reminded me a lot of that. Um, it was far enough up that, you know, we didn't have the storm surge damage that the coast did, but just still massive destruction. Entire neighborhoods that are basically leveled are going to have to be rebuilt. Um, you know, no one had water or power even weeks after the storm. It, it was very devastating, and it didn't feel like anybody else knew it was happening. You know, it's, it, you're sitting there talking to hurricane survivors, and I just remember after Katrina being down on the coast, and this was even by, as far into um, the recovery as maybe December, half the mm-hmm. people that we talked to were still in shock. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, and, and I know that they were so grateful to have you all there. Yeah. Well, and I was so surprised. I mean, not surprised. Surprised was not the right word, but so many people, you know, were driving around, were distributing food and water and cleaning supplies. And I can't tell you how many people would say, you know what, I don't need that. But go check on so-and-so. You know, they're, they're bedridden or they're, they're stuck in their house and they need stuff. So people were so generous and so quick to make sure that we were checking on other people and that they weren't going to take something they didn't need in case somebody else needed it. And it was, it was you know, just this really uplifting moment of seeing neighbors taking care of each other and, and kind of how the human spirit can can be good if we allow it to. Yeah, I've always said that about us here in Mississippi. When things get bad, we get good. Um, it's mm-hmm. terrible grammar, but I think it's very true, and we've seen that. You know, it's the old chainsaws and casseroles thing that, you know, before you can get out of the rubble, there will be somebody with the chainsaw and casserole getting ready to feed you and cut the tree off your house. Absolutely. That sounds like exactly what the Salvation Army was doing. And, and you know, your disaster services – they're funded entirely by donors. So have you felt like that y'all have had enough money to be able to do that? Or have you been out there really working hard to raise money um, to be able to that fund that? One I can't, I can't speak to as much because um, like Lake Charles was not paid for out of Jackson. You know, the disaster money is separate um, yeah. from our normal operating budget. So gotcha. I don't honestly know the answer. <laughs> oh no, that's, you know what? 
I, I'm that way every single show. So that's not a but problem. But I, I, I never, feel safe in saying that donating to disaster is never a bad idea. So. I think I think these days it's probably you not only should do it once but twice a week at least. I tell you what, it's time for us to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion with Michelle Hartfield. And if you have any questions or comments for our guest, give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two. Seven four six four. Hey, stay tuned. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. Can you still help somehow? I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown-up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world. No more lies torn apart That wars would never start And time would heal all hearts Every man would have a friend That right would And love would never end This is my grown-up Christmas Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large of Mississippi Today. And today we've been taking a look at the Salvation Army with our guest, Michelle Harfield, Director of Public Relations. Michelle, good to have you back on the show again. It's always good to talk to you. You've been incredibly busy this year. I guess with everybody as we've been navigating the new normal, you've gotten through hurricane season. Well, I take that back. Hurricane season is like the Hotel California. We can check out anytime we like, but we can never leave. But the thing is, the Salvation Army, it offers hope year-round, and, and especially this year being so incredibly stressful, and we're now coming into the holiday season a little bit. Y'all provide meals and everything else, toys and so forth. And, and we got Thanksgiving's coming up in two or three weeks. It's hard to believe it already that it's almost here. What are some of the things that y'all need for your pantry? What kind of food do you need to help stock it up? Uh, so, you know, we always need um, canned foods, and I always put in a little plug. Um, so when you're donating food, I know it's it's habit, and I certainly did it before I got here to just go grab all the vegetables because it's easy and you get more bang for your buck. But we can't we can't actually feed a family on just green beans. So, um, you know, things like pasta and sauce and peanut butter and crackers and even like breakfast cereal or oatmeal, um, stews soups, things that will actually let you make a meal um, is is really what we wind up needing the most. That is so true. And I, I got to tell you a quick true story on that. When I was a high school custodian, the students brought canned goods to give to the custodians for Christmas. 
And so all none of the other custodians like corn, and I ended up with 158 cans of corn um, that Christmas. So, yes, yes. Uh, do, do bring something other than corn or green beans. Uh, just trust me, somebody who's accepted it before. But, yeah, right. I mean, just anything like tuna fish or protein or so forth mm-hmm. would be much better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Good. How, I mean, how's it looking? I mean, donations down. Do you all really need some stuff right now? Uh, I mean, at this exact moment, our pantry is okay, um, but we okay. I, we always need it. We're constantly, you know, it's going out constantly. So um, we're not in a dire need at this moment, but we could be three days from now if we don't have donations. So it's just, you know, yes, please give us food. We always need it. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Just if, if the day ends with why, it'd be a good day to donate food, right? Right, absolutely. Definitely on that. let you know, last year, I mean, I was just looking at this stat here. Y'all served over 1,200 Thanksgiving meals. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we barely can eke out one at our house. So that's that's pretty right. incredible <laughs> cooking job on y'all's part. How is COVID going to change that? I mean, is is it? Or, I mean, how are you going to be able to serve folks this year? Well, it's not going to change the number of meals. Um it is going to change the way we do it. Uh, normally, you know, we're the more the merrier. You know, the entire families come and volunteer on Thanksgiving. It's actually a really fun environment. Um, and, you know, we want to keep as much of that as we can. But this year we're going to have to, you know, put out an actual sign-up sheet, like limit the amount of people, obviously, to keep everybody safe. But as far as serving the community, we're still going to make sure we get all those meals made and distributed and, and we're not going to, you know, drop anything on that end. That's, I mean, how do y'all plan for that? I mean, do you, have you been just kind of sitting around, you know, do you have a committee? Do you have, or do you just kind of say, okay, this is the new rules. This is what we're going to do. We do as a staff, um, you know, all of our, you know, department directors and stuff will sit down and kind of plan it out and, uh, you know, look at what we need to do to, to make it, you know, normally, honestly, from year to year, we've been doing it for so long that it's just like, okay, you know, you order the clamshell, you do this, like we, we have it down. So this year we did have to kind of sit down and go, what do we do this year? <laughs> I know. It's like everybody's having to throw out their playbook and just rewrite uh-huh. it on that. We had mentioned earlier about the Red Kettle campaign and, of course, you know, a coin shortage, which that one still, of all the things, the toilet paper shortage and the coin shortage, you would have seen either one of those. But, you know, I mean, it's time, literally, it is now time for you all to start putting out the Red Kettles. Mm-hmm. Um, you had men- you had mentioned uh, that you've got some other other ways to be able to get around the possibility of people not shopping as much or whatever. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing this year. Sure. So our big one is that we have an online kettle, which is salarmyjxn.org. Um, and so it is you know, exactly what I said. You can go to that URL and donate directly like to um, our online kettle fund. Um, and so it'll be counted in with the money that's raised through the actual physical kettle um, towards our kettle goal. And we'll also have uh, QR codes on all of the physical kettles this year so that people can pay with Apple Pay and Google Pay uh, just to kind of keep it, you know, as distant as possible. Um, we are thankfully going to be able to still have kettles out in a lot of our locations. Um, it's, you know, honestly one of the safest ways that you can volunteer because you're already supposed to be social distancing in kettle. You're never supposed to touch the money or the box or, or the other people. So, um, you know, we're just kind of trying our best to make it 
make it work for people so that they can still donate and still, you know, kind of help us keep our programs going. That is the coolest thing ever that y'all can have just where you can use Apple Pay or whatever yes. to be able to get in there. That That is really neat. Um, it's right about the social distancing. You're already outside. You're you're mm-hmm. kind of off off to yourself a little bit, so it's it's perfectly good. Um, what sponsor a ring day? Um, you can uh, you can actually uh, we have several companies who will pay um, to get their logo put on one of the kettles. So um, especially if your you know company is going to ring the bell that day, you can get your logo put on it. We've got some who will you know kind of sponsor a whole and just have their logo on that kettle for the whole season, whether they're going to be out there ringing or not. So it's just kind of a, a good way to, you know, give us some fun and get your company name out there for people to see. Because, you know, especially if you're at a Walmart or a Kroger location, I mean, people are going in and out every day during the holiday season. Yeah, that's brilliant. You get the traffic and a lot of people see it, so that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites has always been the Angel Tree campaign. Yes. Tell us a little about, about about what it is and about what you're doing, maybe a little bit different this year. Uh, so we, um, you know, the Angel Tree actually started, I think, in, I don't remember the exact year, but it was the early 70s in Virginia. And um, we, you know, here in Jackson specifically, we spent all of the last two weeks doing registration. So all of our families that, that needed assistance came in and registered. And so now we're getting all the tags printed. Um, and so basically we handle, you know, the, the logistics part of it. The families come to us, get their information, we print the tags, and then that way the public can adopt the angels and do the shopping and then bring the gifts back to us, and we handle the distribution and all of that. So we're the middleman kind of so that other people can shop for these babies and, and kind of get them a good Christmas. Yeah, that's that's uh, to me that's always been one of the, the kindest and, uh, you know, so the kid has a little bit of an experience, maybe Santa mm-hmm. won't show up that year. And that's really cool. Uh, you know, I just, this little fact that you distributed over 15,272 toys to kids in need, that's, that just mm-hmm. blows me away. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all done through the, you know, the generosity of, of our Jackson community. Um, and so, I mean, really that's a, that's a testament to, to everyone else, <laughs> but we're grateful that they allow us to do it. Well, once again, how has COVID affected this this year? I mean, I mean, obviously it's affected everything. I mean, so, but what what are y'all going to do different this year, or is it going to be pretty much the same? A lot of it is the same. Uh, obviously, some registration. We had, you know, everybody was social distance. We had our chairs, you know, spread out six feet apart, and you know, that whole looked a little bit differently. But the uh, the actual adoption part's not really going to be that different. The trees are still out. Um, and so we also do have angels available on our website. Um, if you don't feel comfortable leaving your house, you can you can adopt one online and do all your shopping online. Um, so that is an option, um, which is not really new this year. We had it last year, but, uh, you know, I think it might be more widely used this year. What are ways that people can volunteer and they can help? Uh, we always need help ringing the bell. That is huge. Um, we also need help in our actual Angel Tree toy shop, which are the people that, you know, kind of as the bags come in, you sort through, make sure that all the sizes are correct. We, you know, make sure that the correct, the kid is getting all the stuff that, you know, was supposed to go to them. And it's actually a really fun environment. So if anyone, you know, wants to volunteer, they can call our office and we'll get them set up with all the opportunities. Oh, that's great. So you're, 
you're kind of in uh, the, you're just kind of a conduit to help people help. Yes, absolutely. Oh, very good. Well, I tell you what, it's time for us to take our last break. And when we return, we'll wrap up our conversation with Michelle Harfield, Director of Public Relations with the Salvation Army, and talk about ways in which you can make a difference. And remember, if you have a question or comment for our guest, well, give us a call. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast Thanks for joining us today on Now You're Talking on MBB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. We've been talking with Michelle Hartfield, Director of Public Relations with the Salvation Army, about their upcoming holiday season and how you can make a difference this year. Of course, they're playing a little bit of Christmas music because we're just going ahead and getting fired up for the Christmas season. And, of course, the Salvation Army is definitely doing that right now. Michelle, we've talked about all the different ways that you've had to change things and adapt this year, like we all have because of the pandemic. And uh, many of the events, and you, you said one of a big part of your job is putting on events, and I, that's what I do also at Mississippi Today, and obviously I have not been able to do that either. Your events have had to be moved or canceled this year, so next year will be full of excitement, I imagine. What are some of the things that you're planning for 2021, and what are some of the alter, uh, altercations you're having to make? So we um, we had a, a huge masquerade planned um, in August, and so we bumped that until April of 2021. So we're hoping that that will um, happen. I mean, it's going to happen whether with masks over your mouth or masks over your eyes. We're having it. And you know, obviously, we're hoping the Super Bowl in January or February. Um, that's you know one of my favorite events. I love Super Bowl, so we definitely want that to keep going. And you know, we're just really trying to to adapt and um, you know, hopefully, be able to keep all of our funding and stuff going in 2021 because it's going to be we're going to start seeing the you know seeing seeing how this Christmas season goes and seeing how the the, the financial situation looks next year really more than we are at this moment 
I know. It's literally we just took last year's calendar and just scratched out the zero and put a one and said, okay, yeah. we'll just we'll just forget last year ever happened. You know, that's right. kind of how we're planning on that, too. Um, you do the swing four for the kettle, too, and I like how you do four. You do F-O-R-E because yeah. it's a golf tournament, of course. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, this year would have been our second one, so obviously that had to be canceled as well because it was going to be in May. So, um, you know, it's just a, a golf tournament. It's a lot of fun, um, good prizes. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll see what 2021 does. <laughs> well, see, when I play golf, I definitely am socially distanced because I'm off in the woods somewhere looking for my ball. Right. So. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you're outside. But it's not actually the, the getting out and playing the golf part that's the trick. It's getting everybody together at the end and the beginning. So you have to be real mm-hmm. careful on that. So hopefully you can get that one pulled off. Labor of Love, that's coming up on Labor Day. Um, what's the, what's Labor of Love about? So it is actually um, a 10K, 5K walk run that our women's auxiliary puts on every year. Um, and so obviously we couldn't have it this year. So it'll it should be back next year. Um, and it uh, is, you know, just used to raise funds for the, the things that the Salvation Army is doing. It's a lot of fun. It happens on Labor Day every year, um, you know, bright and early, so it's not too, too hot yet. And, uh, you know, people come out and walk, run, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope to be able to be able to get out and do that with y'all this year. I've not been able to run for a while, so hopefully I'll be back in fighting shape a little bit. And I'll get to yeah, see come too. on. No, I know Michelle was there last year, I believe, if I remember correctly. I don't remember much of anything right now, but um, I definitely well, want to come out, out and volunteer. Served, uh, Michelle came well, out yeah. and served at Super Bowl for sure. So yeah, well, Michelle's awesome. like that. She's just got a big heart and angel wings and a halo and everything. And but I definitely want to come out and and, and help out too because I think that would be so much fun. Absolutely, we'd love to have you. Well, good. Until until you see me doing it, and then you're probably like, don't come back, Marshall. Seriously, you're supposed to get <laughs> no. the soup in the bowl. Yeah, that, that would be a problem. Not it's not supposed to end up on the floor. So you're just a slob. Um, seriously, is there anything else that we could do to help out right now? Because it's just um, you know things have been so crazy this year, and I mean y'all really do provide a huge need for this community. Yeah, so, I mean, really the thing is, is I just want to remind everyone, because I know, you know, I'm speaking a lot about Jackson specifically, but, you know, you have listeners all over the state. Um, The Salvation Army, while we are a national organization, we fundraise on a local level. So anything that you donate to your local Salvation Army, whether that's Hattiesburg, Jackson, you know, Delta, wherever you are, that money stays in your community um, and is put right back into programs in that community. So I just really want to remind people that, like, those kettles are so important. Um, And even, you know, online donations and any way that you can support, um, it is a local donation, and it's just important. I think that's, that's right there something that I know a lot of people were wondering because that just makes so much of a difference because some, some charities, and I mean, they do a lot of good, but you know, they'll, they'll send it off literally off the Mm -hmm. national and, and and just a few pennies come back. And with y'all, with y'all, the money is staying in the community and it is, you are actually seeing an impact of what's going on. Absolutely. So what do you do? What, let me just ask you a little bit because you've been incredibly busy and I think everybody has, what are some of the ways that, 
Michelle has has managed to stay positive and upbeat and full of energy and being able to handle all the new curves that are thrown at the curveballs that are thrown at your head every day with, with all the extra need, because I think that's something I think I, I like to ask this question to everybody, mm-hmm. because I think everybody right now is having to reinvent themselves and reinvent their job. What are some of the things that you do to be able to stay, I guess, for lack of a better word, sane? Uh, you know, I am actually, it's funny to be in such a public-facing job. I am an extreme introvert. So I get home and I get my kids, we cook dinner and we do our family time and I look at my husband and I'm like, see ya, and I go for like a 45-minute walk <laughs> and just silence. No one talks to me and it's great. <laughs> I know. that You know, it's amazing. Um, I took... It, the last few months have been really crazy for me and just for the same thing because it's like I've had to reinvent myself and my job and everything else. And we've done some family things, made some big moves and some big changes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's like that just getting out and getting out in the quiet walking. And I, I take my dog Pip out and, and take her for a walk. And that really makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I'm we're fortunate that our kids are actually in school, and they you know so far our school district's been amazing. They've all stayed safe, and um, that has helped a lot. I love them dearly, but I'm glad they're in school. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I've got uh, friends. I mean, no, no, no. I completely understand. I mean. I am so blessed because my wife teaches, so she was actually able to help more with the virtual school and so forth. But, yeah, it's so hard when you're – when you're trying to concentrate or you're on a zoom meeting and suddenly somebody pops up in your, in your rear and it's like in your zoom meeting or your dog or your kid or whatever the case is. Yep. It's kind of, yeah, no, I completely understand that, but I'm glad everybody's doing well in your house and everybody's yes, staying absolutely. healthy on that. So, um, you know, how can, let's, let's just go over one more time. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this pretty much for the whole hour, but I, I just think it's important and it needs to be brought up again. How can people help? right now um okay so a big way wherever whatever salvation army is local for you contact them about ringing the bell if you have time to volunteer that is huge um that helps us out tremendously uh for jack specifically we have that sal army jxn that's dot org, which is our online kettle um and so you can make any financial donations there, uh, food, canned food for, you know, any Salvation Army is always a plus. Um, and just, you know, finding ways to kind of plug in and help out, uh, everything is, you know, just a big blessing. And we're, in Jackson specifically, we're just so, I mean, this community is amazing, Marshall, and they make my job easy uh, <laughs> because I, I don't have to beg that much. People just really, really support us, and it's, been, it's great. Talk about talk about sponsoring a donation drive because that sounds like mm-hmm. something that's really a cool thing to do. Um, yeah, so you can you can put together your own drive, um, or you can do. Um, we have kind of like little like sponsored. You can you know contact our office and we can give you know, more specific information. But we've definitely kind of been trying to think outside the box um, on ways that people can get involved and like you know have a. How about big sale to support the Salvation Army or just kind of put together your own little mini fundraiser um, to, to raise funds for us, and then we can kind of work with you to help get the word out. You know, obviously, 
when you think about things that donate, uh, you know, and I was thinking back on the hurricane thing, and I remember back during Katrina, you know, they were saying, well, people would bring in all kinds of things, and maybe they didn't need them, but money seemed to be always the number one thing, because money can fit just about anything. Talk about um, what else you can donate, though, besides money, because I know money's very important. Sure. Yeah, and and especially for disaster, um, money is always the best for disaster because that way we can funnel the money back into the local economy that's been affected. Um, But as far as just general donations, um, we can always take gently used furniture, household items, clothing, anything that can be sold in our first store um, is a great way. uh, All of the proceeds from that store get funneled right back into our program. Michelle. You give us a couch. You're, oh, hey. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. No, oh, okay. just for half a second, but you're good. Okay. So, so you give us a couch, and, and you know, you actually helped, you know, provide dinner for, for a family or something like that. So Quick, that's a quickly, a website. Great. Quickly, Michelle, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, SalvationArmyJackson.org. It's so good to talk to you again, and you take care of yourself. Now we've come to the end of another great show. We want to thank you for joining us and listening to our guest, Michelle Hartfield, Director of Poker Relations at the Salvation Army. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Now You're Talking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with, Dr. with Josie Bidwell. And be sure to join us next Monday at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. See you next Monday. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make this.